This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, you know it's Taz and Moose. You know it's Taz and Moose. Hey. Certainly is here on this uh, Friday morning. Taz and the Moose with you. Taz out sick. Today's Taz's birthday as well, as Chef Mike tweeted us. So happy birthday to Taz since he's out sick today. Hopefully he's feeling better for the birthday cake a little bit later on. Well, he's not much of a, a birthday guy, not much of a cake guy either. Well, cake he is. Who doesn't like cake? Exactly. I feel yes. like he defies age, too. He doesn't have a, there's no number attached to Taz. Taz just exists. Right. Ageless. Yeah. The ageless wonder, right? Yeah. Well, happy birthday to Taz. Hopefully he enjoys the day, feels a little bit better as the day does go along. Mike and Pete across the way, bogish. Uh, well, he's sitting in for the outsick Taz and doing updates throughout the course of the morning as we hit the uh, third and final hour of the program. We got NFL picks coming your way. Oh, you thought our college picks were good. Wait for the NFL picks. They come your way in about 20 minutes from now. Here we go. The three. It is now time for the three. We get you caught up on the three biggest headlines of the day with Taz and the Moose. Number one. Patriots stay unbeaten. Defeat the Giants 35-14. to uh, They certainly do, as we discussed it and broke it down, uh, Bogus, coming out uh, in the 6 o'clock hour Eastern time this morning. Uh I don't know what you take away from this game. It was kind of a whole hum Thursday night affair, win factored in um, to how both teams played. I don't know if I necessarily took anything away from the Patriots. Gordon suffers a knee injury. Uh, The Giants, I thought, you know, despite the fact that the Patriots scored 35 points, um, I thought the Giant defense played relatively well. I mean, one of them was a defensive touchdown uh, for the New England Patriots. They also got a special teams touchdown. So if you think about it, the Giant defense only really gave up 21 points. I mean, and you think about how atrocious that Giant defense has been this year, um, you would probably take that uh, going into a game up in Foxborough. The fact that Brady and, and, and company were only able to put together three scoring drives over the course of the 60 minutes. I thought James Betcher and that Giant defense played their best football you know, given the opponent that they played all season long. So that is a positive. Uh, the Patriots, you expected them to win by daylight. They did. Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, the rookie quarterback out of Duke, did struggle throwing three picks. On one hand, Moose, I, I, I agree completely that I was prepared for it to be much worse from the Giant perspective, and it wasn't. So that should be a win. You kind of just move on and go, okay, you, know, you, you played well. But then on the flip side, you look at the things that – they could have done better, and maybe the game is different. I mean, again, this is a one-score game in the fourth quarter. And at that point, you know, kind of all thing, all bets are off. Like, you could steal a win from that position, even in New England. But when you filter back through in a couple of third-down conversions that should have been stopped, shy the marker that weren't, yep. three Daniel Missed Jones tackles picks, are always an issue. You brought the, that up earlier. The, uh, the Hilleman fumble that became the Van Noy touchdown, which gave the Patriots their first bit of breathing room in the fourth quarter. I mean, the Giants did pun intended, drop the ball in the they fourth did. quarter. And, and earlier than that, in New England last night, that was a, a game that was maybe slightly winnable that I thought never would have been winnable. They could have pounced a play or two here and there in their favor that they didn't make. And that's a little annoying, but grand, bigger picture, 
I thought they were going to get boat raced, and they didn't. So I guess that's the that that plus is the bigger thing to take away from last night. Yeah, and 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 you know they, they didn't, and I think for their quarterback, I think it was a learning experience. You know, I, I expected uh, Daniel Jones to struggle. I think Mike uh, threw out the the number to Taz and myself yesterday: 175 yards over under. We both took the under. I think he finished with 164 on the game. So Jones struggled a little bit throwing yeah. the football. 15 of 31. Yeah, 15 of 31 throws the three interceptions. I know one of them, his hand got hit as he was throwing the ball, and it's kind of not on him. His third interception was a terrible pick. Um, it just was not reading the defense, understanding where he was going, throwing the ball to Red Ellison, of all people. Um, <laughs> but uh, He caught know. a pass one, last night that he's almost surprised. The like ball he came his it, way. And he turns like, oh, I'm open. I should right. run. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> no doubt. That's it. And I think that's exactly what his reaction was <laughs> when he made that reception right around midfield. I was watching the game with my wife, and she goes, what is he doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you put the last kid in the game, and the ball comes to him, and he's like, looks. And you're like, Tommy, run! Yeah. <laughs> Red, go that way! Uh, I, I guess the... You know, What's the great takeaway? I mean, we, you and I, Bogus, we both don't love Thursday yeah, night football. Yeah, that's the thing, man. Thursday uh, just sucks. Yeah, and the players don't love Thursday night football. You know, I think the Patriots offensively will get a little bit better, even though Brady threw for well over 300 yards. There were some throws that Brady usually makes and puts on guys that he missed last night, which was a little concerning. That Pat defense is very, very good, and... You know, and the Giants gave them, even in a 21-point loss, gave them a better game than, than really many people had hoped or many people anticipated going into it. I guess the other storyline coming out of it is the public pleas by Robert Kraft, the Patriots owner, to hopefully have Rob Gronkowski come back to this team at some point in time. And you know what? He hasn't exactly closed the door on that possibility. They are laying the groundwork. I Now I, I, I'm telling you that by the moment, Moose, I'm growing slightly more and more confident that this is going to happen this season. That was not a coincidence yesterday that Robert Kraft, I think an NFL network, right, earlier in the day, and then Gronkowski on Fox in his debut as an analyst, they both talked about Gronk playing again, and Gronk didn't say, oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm good. He said, I'm all, it's always in my head. I'm, you know, I, I need to be, I need to be really feeling well and whatnot, but I mean, he's, the door is wide open, and we know they want him to come back. It's up to him, and he continues. I think it just felt it felt more significant last night, him talking about the possibility of being back on the field. Don't disagree. Don't disagree, and we'll see if and when that does happen uh, with Gronkowski. But uh, the Patriots could certainly use him, uh, especially with Josh Gordon leaving that game uh, with a knee injury. All right, next. Number two. Astros win! Astros win! <laughs> Houston advances to the ALCS. Yeah, we get the Titanic series that I wanted. I think a lot of people outside the greater Tampa area, or if you were a lifelong Ray fan, uh, wanted uh, here bogus. Astros Yankees game one American League Championship Series down in Houston uh, on Saturday night. We saw this series in 17. That series went seven games. Astros victorious in game seven. They went on to beat the Dodgers. Uh, in the fall classic. Garrett Cole, brilliant last night. Uh, it was just Cole to Osuna. They scored four runs in the t- bottom half of the first inning. Uh, alleviated all the pressure and the stress. Never got a sense, really, with Cole on the mound, Bogus, that the Rays were going to be able to to get that, that game within one run or take a lead or come back on Cole. Cole is now 11 straight starts of 10 or more strikeouts. 
Add last night to the list. He's going to be the Cy Young Award winner in the American League. He's going to make oodles of money in him in, in free agency in the offseason as well. Uh, and he was fantastic last night, once again, as the Strohs march on to the ALCS. You, um, I don't know where you are on this. You know, wins for a starting pitcher, for any pitcher, really. It's a devalued stat in my mind. So many different, you, you, you can pitch barely well enough and get a win because your team scores offense. Or I've come you around can... on that. I'm more, I'm more, I'm with you on that. So, I used to, I used to fight people off on that. I'm more with you. On but that. the crazy, so I'm going to use a stat about wins is that he's won 18 decisions. His, his last 24 starts, 18 wins, no losses. That's crazy. I mean, it just, he puts them in position to win. If not, wins the game almost by himself. Every time he goes out there, the strikeouts are just ridiculous. And, you know, I, there are a lot of Yankee fans and I, maybe baseball people too, that think them going five was a big boon to the Yankees in kind of reconfiguring the Astros pitching sequence in the ALCS. Now, I think it helps that they played five games. They're going to have two days, less than two days off before game one. But I actually think that this sequence doesn't favor the Yankees as much as other people think they do because now you have to face Granke in Houston. I'd rather face him in Yankee Stadium. Great. And presumably he would have pitched game three. Now it's game one. You have Verlander coming back angry and on regular rest for game two and now you've got Cole in game three and it doesn't matter to me where he pitches plus at worst regular rest for Cole game seven in Houston so I I don't know that this is that much better for the Yankees who need to solve one of those guys yeah um maybe still Granke has a bad game because the postseason we'll see tomorrow um but but those three guys you're gonna see them twice and it just, to me, that's the difference in this series is those guys are going to set the tone and the Yankees need to, to steal one game from them. And I don't, I don't know where that happens just yet. Well, and, and, and uh, Andrew, you laid it out very, very well there. And uh, we're in the same mindset. Uh, puts more of an onus on the Yankees. They got to win game one. Uh, because if you don't beat Granky game one, all of a sudden, you're standing staring at Verlander game two. You mentioned it. Ticked off Verlander after the, his performance down in Tampa game four on three days rest. And he has been a huge big game October pitcher wherever he has been, yeah. but specifically with the Houston Astros. And then if you should ever lose that game, you're coming back home for a game three on Tuesday night facing the most dominant pitcher in the American League. Right, the guy pitching the best on the planet right now. Right, that, and that's what you're facing in Game 3, and and you're right. I mean, it, if the Yankees don't take Game 1, and here's the other thing, I like Granke in Game 1 at home more than I would ever like Zach Granke on the road Game yeah. 3 at Yankee Stadium. Because when you get him again in Game 5, it might not matter. Right. You know, you might be in a 3-1. I mean, it matters, but it's different than facing him in a 1-1 series in Game 3 in your building on Plus, Tuesday. I think it'll be a lot more comfortable pitching at home. Yeah, I mean, to make no excuses for what for the bottom dropping out of his start in the last round, he has never pitched well in that building in Tampa. No. Um, and now he goes back to at least home in that crazy atmosphere. I mean, that place was buzzing oh, last night. Oh, it was night. rocking last night. It that was. That is some experience. Um, and I just, you know, I think the Astros are slightly better. Um, and then there's this weird dynamic of Game 4 here, Moose, where no one knows who's starting. No one knows how it's going to go. That's kind of the game that, you know, that's the swing game in this series. Um, and it may come down to Wade Wade Miley and whoever the Yankees oh, are out there for Game I mean, 4. Yeah, right. Well, the Yankees have still got to clear up, you know, how they're handling it all, and especially how they're handling that roster, too, with questions about Sabathia and Aaron Hicks. As we were talking a little bit offline here, Andrew, uh, and we'll see what their final ALCS roster is. Uh, with Hicks on the mend and maybe adding the veteran lefty 
uh, in CC Sabathia. The Astros uh, were dominant last night as Cole was dominant. Give the Rays credit, though. Uh, I never thought down 2-0 that they'd force it to a Game 5 back yeah. in Houston. Uh, they're a resilient bunch. You know, Glasnow was tipping pitches in that first inning. That's why the Strohs were able to get to him and take advantage of it. Uh, and they jump out on top 4 nothing. And uh, from that point forward, it was just a matter of how many Ks was Garrett Cole going to have, and he finished with 10 in the 6-1 win. And I know people hate the pitching changes and the delays and the length of games, but I thought Kevin Cash did a, a marvelous job last night with all of those different – and the guys did a great job too. I mean, he used nine guys total, uh, but Glass now figured things out to a certain extent and then just matching up over and over and over again and those matchups working. I You know, I didn't – I never thought they were going to lose. I didn't think a Rays rally was coming, Moose. But when it st- when they stayed on four for the longest time, yeah. and then I think, it, I mean, they didn't, they went innings between base runners. It left the door open to the possibility of the Rays getting back in that game. It wasn't likely, but those guys just keeping them at four made you think that maybe, maybe, maybe we can sneak our way back in it. Cole prevented that, but the Rays did as good as they could do down 4 nothing instantly last night to keep that game honest. Yeah, and they just saw a stat on ESPN which just hammers the point home about Garrett Cole. Three guys, back-to-back starts in postseason history. Most strikeouts, Bob Gibson, Cardinals, 68. Cole, with uh, he had 27. Cole and Mike Mussina tied with 25. And I got some kind of baseball crush on him. If I was a GM and had money to spend, he'd get all of it this winter. Don't disagree. There you have it. It's the Strohs ALCS. NLCS game one tonight out in St. Louis. Nats and Cards. Number three. NBA cancels media availability for rest of China trip. Yeah, it's a disaster. I mean, from the, from the Maury tweet and his deletion of that tweet to the conversation about his future as Rockets general manager to... And we get it. Listen, uh, the Rockets are a highly successful franchise, the most popular franchise over in China. The NBA is in bed uh, with China uh, financially. They make a lot of money off of that marketplace. Uh, but it's been, for Adam Silver here, Bogus, uh, it's been an absolute nightmare. It really has been. There's no other way to cut it. From the initial statement and then coming back basically 12 hours later to issue another statement in support of basically freedom of speech to now where you have you know, the, the Chinese government taking down banners, no media availability, Actually, as you brought up the point yesterday during the program, actually getting out the sander yeah. and sanding down the floors to take off, uh, you know, take off, you know, uh, you know, uh, advertisements off the floors where these NBA preseason games are taking place. I mean, you couldn't ask for a worse situation here. I don't know how the NBA works his way through it, though. I, I, I don't know. The only way maybe you do it to pacify the you know China, I think the only way you would do it would be to fire Daryl Morey, and I don't think that's right. I don't think you can fire Daryl Morey for that tweet. No, it's it's not right. I don't think they're going to do it. You know, does Daryl Morey get super guilty and say, you know, I I just I don't want to be a distraction for forever, and he steps away, and then you know, kind of a it's a backdoor firing and. Or do you just sit tight and let it blow over? And maybe as soon as... You think it is, will blow well, over? I, I don't know. I mean, this is... This could certainly just be all bluster, right? Which is why maybe Adam Silver stayed there and, te- and, and keeps taking these punches on the chin and these embarrassments. I, you know, I saw somebody tweet yesterday. It might have been Darren Rovell that that arena being full and loud and not, you know, fans not booing the game, that that was a win for Silver, even though... You had signage taken down, the court sanded, other things were covered so you couldn't see advertisements. 
And then, you know, you couldn't talk to anybody. Silver couldn't talk. Now they're keeping the Lakers and Nets in hiding for the next 36 hours. This remains just a terrible, terrible look for the NBA. Um, I, I, since you can't, I don't think you can fire Maury. I don't think he will just go home on his own. I think you just come back here and you hope that we just kind of move on and there's something else for China to flex muscles over and they forget about the NBA and they remember that they like basketball that much and, and you just, you know, slowly, quietly well, you smooth hope, things over. Yeah, that that it goes the way over the course of time. But here's the deal. If you want to allow players, and you should, everyone's got to, you know, you have social media, you got freedom of speech, you know, Obviously, there's you know parameters to what you can say and, right. and stuff like that. But when you're talking about this, when you're talking about political free speech, and you're going to allow you know guys that work for the NBA, play for the NBA, to be able to share their thoughts on what's going on in the world, this stuff is going to happen. And 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 they should be able to share their thoughts. I mean, Daryl Morey wants to speak out and say something, you know, and, and he didn't say anything incendiary. He, he did not. He expressed his political views. Unfortunately for the NBA. His political view at that stage in support of all the protests were in direct conflict with the partnership and the business partnership they have with China. Yeah, I mean, I think the the, the issue goes back even farther than Daryl Morey, obviously. It's about having this much of a connection to a place that's that that is this different from yeah, us. Good point. You know, I mean, it's just, it, it is what it is. I'm not, it's not a positive or a negative. I mean, although we know it probably is more of a negative, but I mean, it's a it's a completely different scenario in China. They're, you know, the apples to apples comparisons are few and far between when it comes to things like this. And when you do business there, you know, you have to tiptoe around certain things and the reverse is true as well. Um, and you put yourself in danger of this happening and it's happened and there's really no precedent for another league dealing with this I can think of. I, I know there is a WWE Saudi Arabia situation, but I don't know all the details to that. Obviously, Taz would speak better than that if he was here. But baseball, football, hockey have not had these problems no. with certain relationships in certain parts of the world. But here's the NBA fighting this kind of fight for the very first time. And they didn't do it well in the first, like, 36 hours of the fight. And they're still recovering from that. What is uh, Bilotti knows? What is, what is the deal with Saudi Arabia and the WWE? Well, they locked up a 10-year, I think it was a 10-year deal with Saudi Arabia to do shows, I think, twice a year over in Saudi Arabia. So, and for big, and the government is paying a lot of money to WWE to do these shows. So, gotcha. So it's, it's you know, is that where they had the King of the Ring match? Was it or uh, the, the Crown Jewel? Oh, had, that's it. That's, that's been one of the uh, events. Uh, had the greatest Royal Rumble ever. The uh, greatest Royal Rumble. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, they were a bunch. They've done a bunch of shows since uh, I think 2017, 2018. I gotcha. Uh, but yeah, yeah, and the WWE was criticized at the time for you know getting in a business relationship with the government of Saudi Arabia, and you know, obviously people are critical now of the NBA's business relationship with China given the, the fallout here. We'll see where it ends. Maybe it does go away. I don't know, and I don't think Maury's going to get fired, and he shouldn't get fired. Uh, and I think that would be the wrong message to send if you do fire him. Uh, but maybe it just goes away over the course of time. Listen, at this stage, get the get the guys out of the China. I mean, enough with the preseason games over there. There's no point. Move you, on. you played one. You had your crowd. Yeah. I, I would have left after yesterday, too. But Agreed. what do I know? Uh, come back. we got some NFL picks for you. So there you have it. Uh, your big three stories that you need to know here on this Friday morning. We come back. Bogish, myself, Taz. Uh, well, Taz's picks from Mike Biseglia. 
Uh, we'll give you those NFL picks for a week six. They come your way next right here on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. You certainly are. And CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line of 855-212-4227 is brought to you by our good friends at Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. We'll get to our Week 6 NFL picks here momentarily, but... uh, Bogish, who's been sitting in for the uh, sick Taz here on this Friday morning, he's also doing updates and a remarkable <laughs> job at those. Nice yeah, call. Um, he uh, has got another update for us. What's going on, Andrew? Moose, here's your report brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Somehow, the Giants didn't really get blown out last night in New England. Jones on a first and 10. Play fake, going to take a deep shot down the right side for Tate, who makes the catch, still on his feet, to the 20, 15, 10, 5, backs into the end zone, touchdown Giants! 64 yards! Bob Papa on Giants Radio, that the first passing TD allowed by New England this season. Thursday Night Football, just a 7-point game mid-fourth quarter, but then Kyle Van Noy returned a fumble, 22 yards for points. And then Tom Brady scored his second one-yard sneak. That's a 35-14 final, improving the Patriots to 6-0. The Giants dropped their second straight to fall to 2-4. Baseball's Final Four is finally set. The Astros joined the the Yankees, that is, in the ALCS, finally fighting off the Rays 6-1 in Game 5 in Houston last night. The Strohs scored four times in their first at-bat, then watched Garrett Cole allow just a run while striking out 10 over 8 his manager, A.J. Hinch. When you have Garrett Cole on the mound, we win. I mean, we have. We've kind of proven that. The last time Cole took a loss was late May. He has 11 in a row with double-digit Ks. The ALCS begins tomorrow night in Houston. Game one in the NL tonight in St. Louis, 8.08 Eastern. The Cardinals starting Miles Michaelis, Anibal Sanchez for the Nationals. The NBA is not letting the Lakers or the Nets talk with reporters before or after tomorrow's second and final preseason game in China. The league says this is their call, not the Chinese government making the demand like yesterday. The NBA says it doesn't want the players in the difficult spot of discussing this controversy. On a busy night on ice, the Bruins took their first loss of the young season, 4-2 in Colorado. The Sharks got their first win, 5-4 in Chicago. The WNBA season ended last night with the Washington Mystics hoisting the trophy in 89-78 win in their fifth and final game with the Connecticut Sun. Emma Mieseman scored 22 points off the bench to win series MVP. And welterweight champ Errol Spence Jr. in stable condition at last check last night following an early morning crash in Dallas. Spence apparently suffered only facial lacerations when ejected from his Ferrari as it rolled over. Certainly good news there, Moose. Oh, no doubt about it. That was scary. And that Ferrari caught wreck. I mean, thank God he's okay. Yeah, no broken bones, no internal injuries, just cuts. And he was a, he was ejected from the car, right? Yeah. I mean, that's lucky. I mean, lucky young man. He certainly is. All right, let's get to it. Week six, NFL picks. Here we go. The Taz and Moose picks are for fun only. This is not for gambling purposes, just some chuckles and a good time. Enjoy the Taz and Moose picks now. Listen irresponsibly. 
It's now time for the Taz and Moose NFL picks. The three picks you need to know. Oh, that's it. Well, we got nine for you. Taz has got three. I've got three. Bolkish has got three. So some extra selections on a very special Friday. Taz, how does a firecracker still? 11 and four now is Taz uh, through the first five weeks. Three and oh a week ago. Myself, two and one last week. I got a rally. Six and nine as we are at week six of the NFL campaign. Uh, let's begin here. Uh, uh, Mikey B is sitting in for Taz. He's got Taz's picks. What's pick number one, Mike? All right, so Taz likes the Ravens. Big number minus 11 versus the Bengals. So take the 11 points for the Ravens. All right, 11. Well, lay the 11 points. Lay the 11. Play, not take a lay, lay the 11. Someone just drove off the roads, and the Rev- Ravens were getting 11 points against Cincinnati. The Bengals just imported the Chiefs offense. <laughs> Lay the, the past defense. Lay the I'll just stick with, with minus 11. There you Keep go. <laughs> uh, there's pick number one for Taz. Uh, pick number one for you, Andrew. What do you got? Uh, I got the same game, and I'm going in the same direction, I think. Checker uh, on a checker, as they would say. The uh, the Bengals are terrible. The Ravens are not. So uh, I'll lay the 11 with the Ravens on Sunday. All right. Pick number one for me. I I must love pain. Well, I own my house, so certainly I do. Um, Don't do it. Don't I, do it. I, I know where you're going here. No, I'm not taking. I'm not touching dolphin skin. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm not touching that game, though. That is for. I mean, you want to talk about? And I like to play the games. I like to bet. That that is for the deep down. <laughs> Got to play every game on the card better. That is not for me. I'm not touching Redskins Dolphins. Uh, I, I'm going to say this. I, I like the Falcons coming into the year. Uh, no, I'm not related to Dan Quinn. Uh, and I am going to take the Falcons this week on the road. Now, they've been a disaster, and they are 1-4. They go up against the 1-3-1 and one Arizona Cardinals. Atlanta is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Even the questions surrounding the health of Julio Jones, I think Matt Ryan, the Falcons, have themselves a day. They got destroyed last week in Houston. They go back on the road this week against Arizona. Listen, Kyler Murray has not exactly lit up the National Football League. Neither has that offense, too, out in Arizona. They've got deficiencies all over the place. Uh, But I'm going to take the Falcons laying two and a half. I I like it. I don't love it. There's some other games we're going to get to that I love. But I'm going to take Atlanta laying two and a half. That's pick number one for me. Pick number two for Taz, Mike. He uh, will take the opposite approach. Likes the Cardinals plus two and a half. There you go. Andrew Bogish, pick two for you. Um, I don't know about you, Moose, but there were a lot of games that were hard to pick. Usually a handful jump out to me. Yes, I I agree. This is a weird week. A lot of very tiny spreads and whatnot. Um, this is not the weekend the Browns get right. They may get right here, Moose, but it's not going to be this weekend. Even at home with the Seahawks coming to town, I'm going to take Seattle, lay the point and a half that I saw last night for those Seahawks in Cleveland on Sunday. All right, Seattle laying one and a half. That is uh, pick two for you. Pick two for me. One of the sexier matchups we've been promoting all week long. It's one of the doubleheader games on CBS this week. We're going to go out to Arrowhead Stadium, and we're going to go Chiefs and Texans as Kansas City is a healthy four-and-a-half-point favorite at home against the Texans. And I like Houston this week. Um, I'm going to take the Texans. I'm going to take the four-and-a-half points. You look at Deshaun Watson's record on the road and how tight those games have played, and he's played a lot of games where the score's been well within a touchdown. I don't trust that Kansas City defense. I don't know if Houston can line up and win the way the Colts won, 
The Lions move the football up and down the field in Detroit on that Kansas City defense. Uh, the Chiefs have not played well for two successive weeks. I know you're going to say, well, they're not going to play well for a third straight week. Well, nonsense. It's not a case where I don't think Kansas City is going to play well. I think the Texans can keep that game within the number. And I think Watson coming off the 400-yard passing performance last week against Atlanta at home. That offense has gotten healthier. They're starting to find it. The offensive line coming together a little bit more. Uh, I don't think that Chiefs defense presents much of a problem for Houston uh, offensively either. Give me the Texans plus four and a half. That's game number two for me. All right, game number three, Mike. And we're going out to Monday Night Football. Taz likes the Packers minus four against the Lions. Packers minus four against the Lions. That's the third and final pick for Taz. Third and final pick for you, Bogus. I thought about that Monday Night Football game. Didn't have a good enough read on it, so I'm ending up here, Moose, with the Saints and the Jaguars in Jacksonville. As of last night, I saw New Orleans getting a point in that one. Uh, I think they win this game. You get a point and a half. Point and a half. Either way, uh, this is going to be a touchdown win for the Saints in Jacksonville on Sunday. All right, touchdown win for the Saints in Jacksonville. So you'll gladly take the point and a half, and you like the Saints on the money line, as they would say, uh, to win the game outright. If you pick, say so. Yes. That's pick number, Greek to me. Uh, pick number three for me, uh, I'm going to take the Cowboys. Laying the touchdown on the road against the Jets. 425 kickoff Eastern time, MetLife Stadium. And that might be a pseudo-home game for the Dallas Cowboys with Jet fans dumping those tickets left and right as they are an 0-4 football team. But they do get number 14 back. Chris Herndon, who was expected to be back this week, is going to be out because somehow he suffered a hamstring injury upon his return. This is why I don't run, Moose. If you run, a lot of bad things happen. I try and tell my wife that every day. That's why I do not exercise. If I exercise, I might pull a muscle. Exactly. Then what would I do? And then you can't work. Right. Then I can't work. Exactly right. Need to put food on the table. (laughs) Anyway, I like the Cowboys this week. I'm going to lay the touchdown. Darnold returns for the Jets. No Mosley. He's still out with that groin injury for the uh, Jets as well, which he suffered a while back, about a month ago, uh, five weeks ago now, uh, opening week against the Buffalo Bills. The Cowboys have coming off two straight losses. On the road, New Orleans, last week at home against the Green Bay Packers. This is a softer landing spot. That Jet defense has played well for Greg Williams, given some of their talent restrictions at certain spots. Uh, and they'll get better. I'm concerned about Adam Gaze and just how good of a coach he is. I've not seen this creativity as an offensive play caller. I'm going to take the Cowboys. I'm going to lay the touchdown on the road at MetLife Stadium. I think that defense gets after Darnold. That offensive line for the Jets has been absolutely atrocious. I think they'll be able to run it as well on that Jet defense. I think Prescott will look a lot better this week than he did last week against the Green Bay Packers. So give me the Cowboys laying seven. That's pick number three for me. So there you have it. Your nine picks on this football Friday. Taz and the Moose style. We come back. We got the undercard for you. Uh, as we take it right up until 9 a.m. Eastern time, it's Taz and the Moose. Remember, Sirius and XM Channel 206, the app as well. Download that podcast each and every day. Radio.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. We appreciate all the love and the support there. Come back. The stories we didn't get to this morning, well, they come your way next. CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening. 
listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. All right, it's time, my friends, for everything you've been waiting for to answer our Ask the Pros question of the day, brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Today's question is from Bob down in Dallas, Texas. Where is home field more important, ALCS or NLCS? Hey, that's a hell of a question, Bobby. Uh, we'll give you that answer here momentarily. Don't forget, you can submit a question by going to cbssportsradio.com slash askthepros. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices, excellent customer service at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every single day. For the reason and the rationale that Andrew brought up initially and hammered the point home, I think it's more important in the ALCS than is the NLCS. Home field advantage. The fact that Granke's there game one. The fact that you would have Cole for a game seven down in Houston because he's going to be starting game three on the road at Yankee Stadium. The way it's set up. Uh, the Yankees a little bit of time off here. And I don't know if necessarily all – you want to make quick work a series here, Andrew, but I don't know if having a significant being off for four or five days in between series, I don't think you want to get pushed to five games because of the rotation. Right. But having a lengthy break, sometimes it hurts a team. Well, I mean, it really does. I mean, you go back to – remember that Boston series when they came back from 3-1 down against the Yankees? And they were taking on the Cardinals, and the Cardinals ripped through the playoffs, and, you know. And all of a sudden, you know, the the Red Sox then ripped through St. Louis. You could have games. The Tigers happened in Detroit as well, yep. where they had a significant amount of time off going into the World Series, and and they didn't play particularly well. I don't know if having that kind of time off helps. Oh, I think what's specific about about this these two teams and these two series is the Astros didn't throw seven pitchers yesterday to survive Game Five with the Rays. They show up now. They're not, you know, they have two days off, but they're basically at full strength. Yeah. You know, their starters on regular rest, and their bullpen is fine. Sometimes the benefit to the team that's been sitting there is that they've at least reset things, and everybody's at, at you know, th- everybody's at their full kind of, um, at full strength. And the team showing up after the longer series is completely taxed because maybe somebody started on short rest or that last starter didn't do well, so now your whole bullpen is taxed, and and that's not the case now for the Astros. Granke's on regular rest, good to go, and they used Osuna for 10 pitches last night. Yeah, that's so it. everyone can pitch out of their bullpen True. when they get to this game tomorrow. I, I the, the Yankees being off doesn't bother me. I think they needed the time to kind of reset things, um, and now they start, you know, they have the ability now to, to line up their pitching exactly how they want to do it. My my concern is not that. My concern is the first two games being in Houston, the possibility of cold down the road of the road, um, and you know, the possibility here too of my starting pitching not keeping me close enough to their starting pitching that therefore negates what my bullpen might be able to do in the back half of games. Uh good point. And then and then you get into, you know, I think the Yankees obviously a lot more comfortable playing in the Bronx. You'd like to limit them to three instead of four in the Bronx. And Houston clearly uh is able to take advantage of it uh being at home down in Houston. Then you look at the St. Louis and Nats series here. I think, I mean, I don't think there's a discernible I, I know St. Louis has got a great home field. I understand the crowds are fantastic, but I mean, I could see the Nats winning in St. Louis, and just like I could see the Cards winning down in Washington. You know, I've I, this Nats team, I've liked them from the beginning, with the caveat of uh, and then the beginning of the season. I've, I've, as much as I've disliked them as being another team within the NL East. Yeah, 
I just I like the guys they have on their team. They're easy to root for. They're easy to root for. You know, Soto and Robles. I, I, how do you not want? How do you not? How are you not jealous of having those two guys in their outfield? Not just for this year, but for the next decade, presumably. Scherzer is such a badass. Um, you know, Trey Turner at the top of the lineup. I just they were a team I would root for in a vacuum. Their bullpen was an issue. They got creative using their their starters out of the bullpen in this postseason to survive till now. I probably would have told you way back in the beginning of the year they were the second-best team in the National League behind the Dodgers, which I think was not a debatable point. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that they are the favorites, in my mind, going into this series, regardless of home field, because I just I think that they're better than the Cardinals top to bottom. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I don't disagree, and I don't think home field advantage factors in one, uh, you know, one iota. You know, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I, I saw them the other day going into all these game fives. If, you're, if you have home ice in hockey or home court in basketball, you're almost guaranteed. I mean, it's above 90% your winning percentage in a do-or-die game at the end of a series. It's not even close to that. And in fact, I think more road teams have won game fives in the division series than home teams. I think you're right. It's just, it's off the board, home field and baseball. It, really it just is. doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. That's a good stat. And you're right about that, the difference between that and the NBA. I mean, and it's, it's, just, I mean it's night and day almost. Night and day difference. NBA, it's a huge factor. There's no question about like, it. Almost don't show up for game seven on the road. <laughs> exactly. In those two sports. Right. Or you need like a Herculean LeBron performance. And it's surprising in, in hockey because I think what helps in baseball is that if you have the better pitcher in a game five, you can win anywhere. And in Game 7, you'd think road teams might show up with the better goalie or the goalie that was better that day and steal more games. But I think in, I think the number in hockey is like 91% of home teams win it's Game 7. It's that high seven. in hockey? I, I thought it was. Either it might it, If it's not that high, it still dwarfs the baseball number. Gotcha. Um, but it, I, to me, it should be closer to the baseball number because the goalie can change so much in hockey. Right. But it and doesn't seem to in Game 7s. No, it doesn't. Good point. Uh, there you have it. So, Bobby, a nice breakdown for you down in Tallis, and, and thanks a lot for the question. Here we go. Let's get to it, the undercard. Taz and the Moose present The Undercard. The stories from today's rundown that we haven't talked about on the show. All right, Mike. Your time to shine. Go. More desirable job. Mets or Phillies being the manager? Um, I would say... Uh, I would probably say the Phillies is a more desirable job. They spent $330 million on Bryce Harper last offseason. I think they're going to spend again. Uh, they've got a good young group and core down there. Not saying the Mets don't. Uh, I would pro- if, I had, if I had to say which is probably more desirable, I'd probably say Philadelphia. It's I close, say, though. I say Philadelphia with more of a hesitation than I would have maybe 10 days ago because there seems to be a little front office disconnect in Philadelphia, That's apparently true. from the outside. So, because I would initially say you probably don't want to work for the Wilpons right now. The thing that ends up being the tiebreaker for me, the Phillies won't be cheap. It still worries me as the Mets get connected to Joe Girardi or Dusty Baker or Buck Showalter that they're not going to want to pay those guys what they should get or deserve or asking for. That's not going to be a problem in Philadelphia. If they want Joe Girardi, they'll overpay to get Joe Girardi. I don't think the Mets would do that. So, does that, to me, that makes the job something I'd go after because I know. They're going to line my pockets while they hire me. You know what will drive you crazy as a Mets fan? I'll give you a little thing here. Girardi, the other day, right, off day uh, with his broadcasting duties, he spent eight hours interviewing for the Chicago Cubs show. Eight. Eight hours. 
What are they talking about for eight hours? So, I mean, they talked about everything, right? I mean, they might have gotten down to his favorite food on an off day. Anyway, so how long did Sandy Alderson interview Mickey Calloway before they made the decision to hire Mickey? Uh, eight minutes. 45 minutes. Was it in person? Was in it person. Skype? He walked in the room 45 minutes. Emails. He did a magic card trick. <laughs> And he wowed Sandy. Is your name really Mickey? It is. <laughs> I love it. Come on in. Can we pay you only eight hundred grand? About, you can. Think about you got that. It. Callaway got a forty in forty-five minutes, and he's nobody. Uh, no. He was a pitching coach. Right, Girardi won was a decade with the Yankees. It'll be a third time go as a manager. Marlins, Yankees, and now in Chicago, he went to Northwestern. He was a former Cub, and he interviewed him for eight, eight hours. hours. All right, you know, I was going to ask about double switches, Mickey, but I'm going to pass on that. Like, I love you too much. You, you got the job. Come on in. I'm going to love our players like they've never been loved before. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Next. Ooh. Oh. Samuel Adams has a new beer. It's called Utopia, and it's at a whopping 28% alcohol by volume. What? It's been outlawed in 15 states. <laughs> but having a beer at 28 Eight percent, which is probably about eight or nine Bud Lights in one, interest you? It would not. That what? It's called Utopia. Yeah. It's Utopia. Where is it? Le- where can I find this beer? Uh, it doesn't. Uh, is it, it legal in New York? In states, states, apparently, I need a little more research on that. All right. So Sam Adams, it's called Utopia. It's at twenty-eight percent. No. No. My wife and I. You ever have Fisher Island? Yes, the lemonade. Yes. Yes. So my wife and I discovered Fisher Island this summer for the first time, and it is it is at like 9.4% alcohol level, and that's like a ridiculously high level. Because it's whiskey and vodka it's with lemonade. It's whiskey and vodka with lemonade, and it is. In a can. In a can, <laughs> and it's scary good. Like if, And I understand if you don't drink, you don't drink, but if you do drink and you drink responsibly... It is scary. Well, like irresponsible. How, you have four. Like, whoa, I had four of those? Right. <laughs> it's scary how easy they go down. Like, it is. It's. It, you would never know you're drinking alcohol and probably till it's too late. <laughs> at 28%, I don't think I could sit down and have a beer at 28%, you know, at 28% alcohol volume with a ham. I, I just don't think I could do it. No, I, I don't know. I mean, you'd like to maybe have a sip to see what it tastes like. But 28%, that's off the charts. Yes, yeah, so that, that's what I want to know. What does it taste like with all that alcohol in it? Because I don't, you know, I is don't. It ho- is it hoppy? It, well, I'll tell you this. It's $210 for 25.4 ounces worth. Oh, so that's our already. And it is legal in New York and New Jersey. It is legal. So you could drink it here. Could but you it, deliver to me in New Jersey? <laughs> no. Okay. So it's $210 for 25 ounces of it? Correct. Oh, yeah, it's expensive. That's a pricey beer. I'll pass. All right. Yeah, no thanks. Next. Uh-oh. Whoa, whoa. Look who it is. It's Fat Tuesday in Bawami's house. <laughs> Bawami is taking the Saints plus one and a half over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's go, Drew Brees. And as you must. <laughs> Bawami making a surprise uh, appearance on a Friday. Interesting. No Taz. I mean, we got right. He's like the hell with those picks. I mm. mean, I don't care if Taz is 3-0. Malusis has been staggering around with his NFL picks all year long. Bawami. And he didn't go against the Skins this week. He didn't take Miami. He, he, he wanted to get out while he could. Oh, that's it. So he's a little fearful that maybe this is the Redskins' week against the Miami Dolphins. Every other week, it's been against Washington. 
Basically, it's been easy layups. This week, he picks a tough game. Saints and Jaguars, and he agrees with Bogish. He's taking New Orleans. Wow. It's been a while since I've talked to Buwami. No, Buwami's been in the room from Buwami. Buwami is a CBS Sports Radio legend. Legend. An icon. Like, mm. if, if you think about the iconic personalities of CBS Sports Radio. <laughs> if you were to make a Mount Rushmore. There's no, Buwami's on the list. Has to, maybe twice. Uh, Rome would be there, certainly. Yeah. Um, who else, who else would be there? <laughs> I've heard Bawami's doing minutes. Coming up. <laughs> but he can take as long as they want. Dude, that would be great. Honestly, next time I have a CBS sports minute, I'll write it. Bawami needs to read it. <laughs> that would be great. Next Friday. We got to do that. Can we get that cleared? Have Bawami do the CBS sports minute as you must. This is Bawak. Dude, that would be absolutely fantastic. We got to do that next Friday. Bawami would be honored. <laughs> Thanks to Mike and Pete across the way. Bogus, great job, brother. Thanks, Moose. Have a good weekend. You got it. You as well. Tell everyone, peace. There's got to be a 10-second runoff here. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.